Well, uh, I'd like to say that, you know, I don't believe that any of us writing nowadays have completely original thought, but some of us have really applied that to ourselves and done the work. And uh, there's so many unhealed healers on the planet, and I was one of them. And uh, I had a lot of trauma in childhood. I did a lot of therapy, a lot of spirituality, and I, I really didn't feel like I had made the progress that I wanted to make. And it took, uh, 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 it took me to hit another bottom, so to speak, to realize what was missing. Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is the podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser, positive health psychologist and coach, also keynote and TEDx speaker and author of the triple award-winning book, Rejuvenating the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. My website is The Mental Health Gym. It's your source of all kinds of information regarding wellness and positive psychology, my own particular spin on it that I call goal-achieving psychology, rejuvenating, and lots of other uh, wellness-related activities. It's also the place where you can communicate with me and even suggest guests for future podcasts. As listeners to the podcast know, my goal is to always bring you uh, interesting guests who lead their own lives enthusiastically and have different ways of helping us to become better and more positive versions of ourselves. And our guest today really exemplifies this. Uh, Dr. Donna Marks has been a licensed psychotherapist and addictions counselor in Palm Beach, Florida for over 30 years. Uh, back in 1989, Dr. Marks developed a chemical dependency training program at Palm Beach Community College, which has grown into a four-year degree program uh, and received the Florida Governor's Council reward, uh, Award. Uh, her latest book, and she's had two of them come out recently, very recently, is called The Healing Moment. Uh, Dr. Marks integrates psychology, personal experience, and A Course in Miracles to teach people how to use their traumas and pain as the doorway to enlightenment and happiness. The seven pa paths that she introduces can help turn negative experiences and mistakes into meaning and purpose. And since we've all had negative experiences, if we can make that work for us, that sounds like a, a really, really great thing. And so, Donna, it is a real pleasure to welcome you to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. So looking forward to our conversation. Thank you. And I'm, it's a pleasure to be on your show, Dr. Kaiser. Thank you. Um, okay, well, let's let's get into it. Um, there are lots of people who do work in helping people to become better versions of themselves. A lot of people who are uh, therapists of various types, shapes, and forms, and so on. Um, obviously, I was interested in your particular approach because it seems somewhat unique and not the kind of thing that we hear every day. So 
let me ask you in your words, uh, what makes you different or what makes your approach different than the, the hundreds or thousands of other people uh, doing somewhat similar work? Well, uh, I'd like to say that, you know, I don't believe that any of us writing nowadays have completely original thought, but some of us have really applied that to ourselves and done the work. And uh, there's so many unhealed healers on the planet. And I was one of them. And uh, I had a lot of trauma in childhood. I did a lot of therapy, a lot of spirituality. And I, I really didn't feel like I had made the progress that I wanted to make. And it took, uh, 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 it took me to hit another bottom, so to speak, to realize what was missing. And what was missing is that I did not know how to love myself. So what makes my, my book unique is that we're told, you know, it, it's all about love and choosing love and love, love, love. But I don't think anybody really has thought about what does that mean? What does that actually mean? So my book, The Healing Moment, Turning Seven Paths, The Seven Paths to Turn Messes into Miracles, is about reforming the way you perceive your life and yourself. And all of that, whatever you've done, whatever mistakes you've made, whatever mistakes you're currently making, that all can be converted into a miracle. And the miracle is where you change your perception and you learn how to respond differently and uh, again, this is not original, but I've integrated a lifetime of suffering and, and spirituality and recovery, counseling, and all these tools. I've, I've integrated that, and, and I have become someone who I'm proud of and who has healed their pain and their suffering and have turned all of that mess into the miracle of helping other people. Well, it sounds like... Uh really, really important background for doing this kind of work from, from your perspective. And I'm wondering, don't need to uh, get a whole lot of, of pain or misery introduced, but can you give us a little bit of a snapshot of your journey to get to be who you are today? Oh, of course, I'd be happy to share. And, you know, you mentioned that your your audience is a mature audience, and I'm a mature person. <laughs> Not that mature. I'm still working on it. But you know what I mean, in terms of chronology. And uh, I, I, I actually had a lot of trauma in my childhood. Um, there was a lot of abuse. And um, I had these two parallel sides running. Um, my first healing moment was when I was five years old and uh, something terrible was happening. I was being raged at and just a little kid, you know, and I, I remember asking, like, what did I do to cause this? And a voice came through, um, not a hallucinatory voice, but an inner voice that said, this is not your fault. This man is sick. And so it really helped me to have at that early age, like compassion rather than internalizing. Um, unfortunately, uh, I, I, I as because I was just a little child and the trauma continued, there was only so much of that that I could sustain before I, I was act actually severely affected by it. <clears throat> and again, though, I had these two parallel parts of me. One part was saying, I, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do something with my life. The other part was the fear part was taking me down the opposite path. So um, I, I, I wound up um, using uh, substances to cope with my pain. 
Um, and and if if any of your audience is suffering from addiction, you know, it's not just alcohol and drugs. It could be sugar, gambling, there's sex addiction, there's addiction to having to be loved and liked by other people. I mean, there's just shopping. I mean, the, the list is endless. And and I want to say it's nobody's fault. You know, if you've gotten addicted, it was designed to have that happen to you. So one of my really strong messages is we can take back that control. We don't have to give it away to our addiction or however we got addicted. We can take back that control. And the most important thing is that we do take it back because otherwise we stay in the role of a victim and we don't ever transcend those things. So back to my story, um, I, I did become uh, a suffer from addiction. Uh, when I was in my early 30s, I got into recovery the first time and I spent the next couple of decades working uh, very, very hard on myself. And um, I, I did not feel though that I had really made that much progress. And I, like I said, I had another bottom and it was then that I realized what was missing is I actually did not know how to love myself. So a lot of my work as a therapist, when I'm working with people and all my writing is about how we must learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. We must learn how to love ourselves. You, well, you can spend all this time and money and energy reading and learning and growing, but if you don't know how to love yourself, it won't work. No, it won't work. That's really understandable and obviously an important concept, but um, how does somebody, I mean, it, it's if somebody is not loving themselves or have poor self-image or however one may want to define it, um, unless they happen upon a therapist who is working from that perspective, I mean, how how does somebody interrupt that process? Uh, you know, somebody's listening to you and they, they may not have quite as uh, difficult a background, but they know that they're not the best versions of themselves. Uh, do, you, do you reach some enlightenment point or do you have to reach uh, rock bottom or is there, how, how do you, how do you know? Well, I think um, I, I like to, um, there's a couple of things that are really important. One is that if you were the parent of yourself and you were young again, what would you do to create a healthy human being? You would give appropriate amount of attention. You would have structure. You would teach that child how to eat healthy, how to express their feelings in healthy ways, how to have rest time, how to get their work done, how to communicate their feelings in in ways that aren't destructive. There's so many things that that you could do to help them regulate their brain chemistry, uh, encourage them to have friends, help them negotiate uh, their conflicts in life uh, with friends or school or whatever. You would support them. You would be positive. I mean, this is the ideal situation. But so many of us, and we're not blaming anyone, that's useless. But so many of us didn't get that kind of learning. And we didn't provide it for our own children either, like me. But um, but we can do better, you know, and so we we learn that um, treat ourselves like, you know, your body is a sacred temple and that you are of value and you have a reason and a purpose here. And uh, mostly this is so common with our more mature audiences. There's so much loneliness 
I remember doing um, a little survey one time and, and about, you know, what, what, how do you cope with your depression? And a lot of people said that if it wasn't for their pet, they would not be here. They would not want to be here and they would not be here. And this is tragic because honestly, for me, uh, I'm in my 60s and this is the best time of my life. I have never been happier. I've never been more productive and uh, I've never been more loved or, or loving or lovable. <laughs> so, so, you know, and, and it's never too late. And one of the chapters is about, you know, abundance and it's not just financial abundance. It's having an abundance consciousness. Like there is no lack of time. There's no lack of people. There's no lack of anything. I mean, we, you know, the, the world is a very abundant place, but we get, we get into these boxes, we get into these little boxes, and it gets too uncomfortable to get out of the box. And so we stay stuck there. And and my message is about getting out of the box, reconnecting, learning to forgive, learning how to love, learning how to be with people, learning how to fulfill your purpose. Fulfill your purpose. Some people start in, in their 50s, 60s, and even 70s and 80s, where they find a whole new purpose. And this is so important because we all have something to contribute. Well, that's wonderful. It's uh, I've spoken about people attaining kind of an, an, a comfortable level of discomfort. Uh, and I think that's what you're kind of describing. People stay with the usual, ineffective, uncomfortable, but known uh, things when a little bit of risk-taking and trust in themselves can, can be very helpful. So let's get into some. If you're in a pitch black room for two days straight and you walk out into the sunlight, it's very uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but it doesn't take long for you to adjust. But if you just run back in the dark room, the minute you go, oh, this is so uncomfortable. My eyes are hurting. I'm having a headache. I don't know. I can't see anything. If you just run back in the dark room, you never give yourself that period of adjusting. And then all of a sudden, there's the light and all the beauty around you and you can embrace it then, but you have to be willing, yes, to go through that little bit of discomfort. Yeah, that's very important. So let's, let's get to some specifics. I know you've got a, like a seven path program. Um, so it's not just, you know, feeling better about yourself. It sounds, and, and I know from, from your book, you've got uh, work, book exercises and things of this nature it's uh it's not a very ambiguous thing they're they're very concrete steps that uh, uh like you to share some of that with with our audience well thank you well uh the, there are the seven steps and I, I don't want to go over them all at once but i can just maybe talk about um we just spoke about abundance you know it can it, it can have to do with um with money, time, um, and energy. And uh, when it comes to money, there's so many people live in that fear and they don't recognize that, you know, the more that we share, the more that we receive. And I put a little example in there of, let's imagine that there was a, a, a hunger crisis and um, you, you could only get three potatoes a week. And um, so you, you get your three potatoes delivered to you and, and you put them in the uh, you know bin and you measure and, and cut them up and make sure they can last you a whole week. And then you're out of potatoes at the end of that week and you go, oh, my God, you know, I, I, I hope I get my potatoes. 
But what you could do instead, if you were coming from a spiritual perspective, if you're coming from an abundance consciousness, is you could cut those eyes off of the potatoes and put them in some dirt and grow more potatoes. And eventually you cut the eyes off of more potatoes and suddenly you have a whole backyard of potatoes. And then what would happen if you take some of those potatoes and give them to your neighbors and show them how to grow potatoes and they give them to their neighbors and they give them, and suddenly there's more potatoes than anybody could eat. But that's shifting from that lack consciousness to the consciousness of abundance. And the same thing with our time, we're always saying, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. I don't have energy for this. I don't have energy for that. I have more time and energy than I've ever had in my life. And I've never been busier. And I'm, I'm never been older than I am right this moment. So this is all about how we are taking care of ourselves and loving ourselves and our consciousness. So we can either have that lack and that fear, or we can open up to all that we are, because I'm no different than anybody who's listening. Everyone has those gifts and those capacities. Yeah, well, everybody certainly has the same number of hours in the day and in the week and so on. So it's how you how you allocate it. What and not everybody has to have podcasts and write books. <laughs> but, you know, it could just be like being a person in your neighborhood who's getting people together and you're having little cookouts or you're having card games or you're just I, 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 one person I was working with she had a neighbor she didn't like and she started just being kind to that neighbor and then she started taking that neighbor places and bringing her over a little treat here and there and uh she, you know then she started walking the neighbor's dog then she started making friends with all these other neighbors i mean this was all just from saying i'm not going to be my way anymore i'm going to open up to being a more loving person and she was so much happier that's the key she was so much happier yeah, that that gets to the self-love part that you talk about. Because yes. I think for a lot of people, they don't they don't get into this helping kind of situation or reaching out situation because they don't think that they will be accepted. Whereas, you know, if you're if you have a real positive self-image, I think that. Well, we don't get a positive self-image from receiving it. We get a positive self-image from being positive. So this is one of the chapters in the book of like, if you want love, be love and you will have love because there's no lack of love in you. It's just, you're not accessing it. So when you do like this one 80 year old woman did <laughs> and start extending the love to someone you don't even have to like, you just start extending that love then you feel the abundance of love within you. And then it just keeps growing, just like the potatoes. You know, you you keep having that positive energy where you're helping people and then they're helping you and, and you're doing things and you're, you're, you're finding that purpose. And um, it's a beautiful experience to shift from that. No, you know, I'm so, I'm not happy. I'm lonely and, and I don't have anybody. You have the whole world to love. You don't have to have anybody. You have yourself. And no one will ever love you more than you love yourself. And if you feel a lack of love, share whatever you can give. And you won't feel that way anymore. It's impossible. This is great. So tell us a, a few more of the, the steps or paths, because, I mean, this is really exciting. 
Okay. Well, um, if you have the book and you look in the index, I'll be happy to talk about whichever one you'd like to talk about. Okay. Well, I uh, one of the things that um, kind of hit me because I think there's a, a great lack of trust, uh, you know, a lot of polarization, a lot of, I guess, hatred going on, the and a lot of distrust. Uh, can you talk about trust a little bit? Are you talking about like in politics, all the distrust, the, or the world, the, or what? What are, what are you referring to? The, the third the path, polarization. The, I know, but you said there's a lot of polarization. Do you mean like politically with the country? Yeah, and, politically, okay. and uh, I think that's probably started uh, putting people into more of a an either or, right or wrong way of right, thinking, and. Right. Uh, Kind of there, there seems to be a uh, perception of people on the other side as being a bad person, not somebody to to trust. Yes, well, that is very unfortunate. Um, one of the things I talk about in this chapter that you know the most important person you'll ever trust is yourself. That you are going to take care of yourself, and that you can um, be honest with yourself. You can have intellectual honesty, you can have honesty where you are your word, and you can know that no matter what happens to you, you can trust that if you give yourself permission to experience that hurt and pain, that you will heal. It's when people don't give themselves permission to experience their hurt and pain that they get trapped in it, and then they keep reenacting it. And so all of that mess can be turned into that miracle of self-trust. Um, in terms of, of polarities and what's happening in the country right now, um, it, it's true that there is some of that happening, just like it's true that there's still racism. But there's also true that there's a lot of, um, we've come a long way in both areas. And I agree right now there's a lot of, you know, it, but I think that's mainly media. I don't know how much of that is actual um, you know, when I'm out and about, nobody's really talking about, no one's approaching me like, what side are you on? You know what I'm saying? So, sure. you know, a lot of the media is ramping it up. And I know when I'm watching, I, I click through all the news stations. because like, I'll say, oh, I didn't know that about this, or I didn't know about it. The only way to know is to, you know, click through it all and be open. You know, I can trust that I can handle whatever information I'm getting, even if I don't like it. Um, and also I read a lot. I, I'm always reading books. I'm reading different points of view and, and online and in books. So that's helpful too. But again, trusting myself that I will form my own opinions based on really um, trying to find, you know, different points of view and uh, that I can trust myself no matter who hurts me or what happens. Um, if it gets, if it, for some reason the country starts collapsing, I can trust that I'll get out of here before I'm put in prison, you know, that kind of thing. So I don't think that, I don't think that, you know, it's, we, one of the things, the main points of the book is we run on fear and I want us to run on love because if we're running on love and we're, and we're caring about all people and not, not from the perspective of that, um, I'm going to keep delivering them potatoes every week. I'm going to help them to grow potatoes so that they can have the abundance also. We can all be abundant. So once I begin to develop that kind of trust, then I don't have to really worry so much about far left, far right, and the country's imploding right in the moment now. We've got too many important things to do individually to really put that on the focus 
right now, are you safe? Right now, what do you need to do to feel safe? Right now, what do you need to feel that you can trust yourself? Okay, that's great. Now, one other one other area that interested me, because I think it's difficult, whether it be toward ourselves or toward others, is the area of forgiveness. I was real impressed with that chapter. And can you talk a little bit about it for us? Forgiveness is so important um, for two reasons. One is that if we're holding on, you know, a lot of people say, well, I for forgive, but I don't forget. Well, that's not forgiveness <laughs> because when you forgive, you don't want to remember. You don't need to remember because you know you're going to be okay no matter what because you trust yourself that you're going to do what it takes to be okay no matter what. Uh, so that's number one. And number two, you know, holding something over someone's head. I mean, there is a process when someone has betrayed you and there is a process to go through, but it's not a forever process. It's a process of allowing yourself to, just like any other wound, you don't ignore it. You go, oh, oh, oh my God, my, my arm is broken. I need to take care of it. And when your heart is broken, you need to acknowledge it and take care of it. And you will heal and your heart will be stronger and more capable of love if you're willing to forgive. And, and that's number one. Number two, at the root of a lot of our um, resentments or, or hurts, we blame ourselves. I should have been smarter. I should have done this. I should have done that. Just like when I was five years old, I was asking, what did I do to cause this? And so, um, it, you know, when we can, we can recognize that maybe I wasn't smart enough, or maybe it didn't have anything to do with me, whatever the case may be, but to be able to kind of look at all that and examine it and how could I do things differently? How can I learn from this experience? How can I grow from this experience? Or how can I stay wounded? That's the question. So forgiveness allows us to have compassion for someone who hurt us rather than holding it over their head or our own head forever and ever. There's just no movement there. There's no no place to go other than staying in that dark room. And um, it doesn't protect you. It never protects you. Lack of forgiveness never protects you. It keeps you as a wounded person. That's that's something I have to remember. Lack of forgiveness doesn't protect you, keeps you as a wounded person. And I do have to say to the listeners, I know you get a lot of information at one time, um, but the book, unlike many, has really concrete exercises that I think you can go through and really embed some of these uh, some of these points in such a way that, you know, if you explore them, live them, you, you'll be changed because of it. A um, couple of practical questions as we go through. First of all, the, there are the seven steps. If uh, something resonates with you, like, again, trust, forgiveness, um, it's okay to read that chapter first, or is there a progression in which we Oh, no, you can. No, I, I mean, there's, I, I would encourage people to read the introduction, because it explains why I wrote the book and how um, I had studied so many different things, religion, different religions, and done so many different things. And um, I was searching out there, you know, I, the answer had to be out there, the God I was looking for was out there. 
And and once I realized that, you know, it's in my own conscience, my sense of right and wrong, and this internal spiritual guide that I have, uh, that took me out of the role of, of looking out there for religion to fix me. I mean, religion has its place, and I'm not anti-religion at all, but I want us to recognize that the, the greatest teacher is within and the hardest thing is to learn how to listen to it because like i said we tend to run on fear and we we dismiss that little voice that's tapping on the you know the two little voices on the shoulders you know we tend to dismiss that one voice that's saying you know that may not be a good idea to do that or maybe you ought to try this or or maybe um you should have a little more confidence in yourself or maybe you should take that risk um or, or maybe it'd be better to tell the truth that kind of thing we we dismiss that more soft loving voice and we tend to run on this fear of for self protection which really isn't protecting us at all so in the introduction i talk about you know how important it is to connect to that voice of love rather than that voice of fear. And then after that, just pick out whatever chapter, you know, speaks to you. You don't have to start at number one. Okay, good. Um, also, I know uh, and mentioned in the introduction that that the Course of Miracles, Course in Miracles has influenced you and you actually teach it. Uh, it's one of those things that a lot of people heard of from various points of view, um, and some people like or dislike it in, without any real knowledge of it, and uh, don't want this to be a, a central part of our interview because we don't have much more time, but can you just uh, try and set the, the, the record straight? What is A Course in Miracles, and how has that influenced you? Well, it basically is, uh, it's it's not an easy course. Um, and, you know, there there has been some very negative things written about it. Um, I, I like, I said earlier, I like to read for myself and then decide. And I, I don't find anything negative about it other than the reading is very dense. And I think it's written that way because it makes us think. Uh, you know, I've read lots of books and I got it and I liked it and I understood it, but I, I didn't really have to think about it. And The Course in Miracles is written in such a way that we, we have to think about it. But it's basically a book that teaches you, you choose love or choose fear. We're a human being and we've been conditioned to have this ego and this ego is always running on fear. And then uh, the true nature of ourselves is that we really are spiritual beings. We are eternal. We never die. And this is just a body that we um, that we're running around in, and we don't have any concept of of the love that we are. So once we learn how to access that part of ourselves and teach ourselves to listen to it, we will be happy. And I can attest uh, from doing this myself. It didn't happen overnight, but I am truly happy as a result of choosing love over fear. Wonderful, and. Uh... I learned that you actually have had two books published almost simultaneously. There may be, well, there, I, there undoubtedly is a segment of the audience that should probably also be aware of your other books. So can you give us a, a brief rundown of what the name is and sure. what's in there? And we'll have all this stuff in the show notes too, of course. Oh, thank you. Well, they're all available on Amazon and the bookstore will order, you know, your favorite bookstore could order any of them. Um, they're also, the, also available on the Simon Schuster website and um, Barnes and Noble. So um, the one that came out 
last December was Exit the Maze, One Addiction, One Cause, One Solution. Uh, I know you don't have the, the video, but um, it's available on Amazon. Exit the Maze, One Addiction, One Cause, One Solution. And then the Healing Moment came came out this month, or it's coming out this month. You can buy it, either one on, on the sites. And then I also wrote a book called Learn, Grow, Forgive, A Path to Spiritual Success. That's also available on Amazon. So um, they're all about, you know, reclaiming your power and being all that you can be. And, uh, you know, we're here to, we're here to, we're not here to suffer. And so many of us are. So many people are suffering terribly. We are here to love, to share, to play, to fulfill our purpose. And uh, I'm saying that the people who have been here the longest have the most to share, have the most wisdom, have the most experience, have the most knowledge in many cases. And um, I would love to see your audience really engage in all their possibilities and and be able to, to do like a... We don't need a before and after picture, a before and after, you know, testimony of how limited a life might have been. And then say, open up like a flower, you know, at this point in life and begin to find so much more uh, value to themselves and the meaning of their life. It's really exciting to see that happen. I'd love to hear hear from your audience. I have a website, www.drdonnamarks.com. Um, often when I'm on a show, I'll get these beautiful emails saying, you know, I got it. I hear it. This is what I'm doing. And it's just wonderful, wonderful to, to be able to share those experiences with other people. Okay. And the website is drdonnamarks.com. Okay. And are, are you on social media at all? Oh, yes. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. I'm there. LinkedIn. All under your name. <laughs> yes. Great. Well, it's been really, really enlightening. Uh, as I indicated at the start of the show, our goal is to help people live their lives enthusiastically and become the best versions of themselves. And certainly if they can get rid of some of the personal trash and if they can, you know, adapt uh to some of the things that you're you're promoting and leading them to. I mean, that that's just so wonderful. I thank you for such a great summary of your your thinking, your ideas. I certainly hope that people will, if you just go to Amazon uh, and put in Dr. Donna Marks, you can see all her books, read uh, the reviews and summaries of them. And uh, Hopefully, uh, you'll find one or two or three of them will resonate with you. And uh, again, it's been such a pleasure to, to speak with you today and uh, looking forward to, to the next book that you write. And uh, certainly the, the, the good that you're doing in the world uh, to enable people to live their lives as the best versions of themselves is is just so wonderful and has to be so rewarding to you. And on that note, this brings to the end another episode of Reju <clears throat> Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser, our special guest, Dr. Donna Marks, who has helped enlighten us on a whole lot of areas based on self-love and uh, being able to move forward with our lives in a positive direction. 
I hope that you enjoyed the podcast, that you'll listen to it again. You'll tell your friends about it, download the episode, rate it, review it, and be back next week for another really interesting guest. And uh, in the meantime, please visit the Mental Health Gym website and uh, stay positive and stay safe. And we'll see you next time.